Hi friend, welcome to this week's podcast from the First Baptist Church of Nokomis, where we are building the kingdom of God through the lives of everyday people. If you are new, you can visit our website at fbcnokomis.com. Click on our visitor information page to sign up for our e-newsletter or to learn more about our ministries. We also invite our regular listeners to partner with us and support our digital ministries by clicking the Give Online button on our homepage. Okay, here's today's podcast. All right. Just a beautiful day out today. Good morning, good morning. Take a few minutes and just kind of... uh, this morning, uh, talking about Kingdom First Living and uh, Kingdom First Wisdom. How do you live to be wise? How do you live to um, usher in the Kingdom of God in everyday lives, everything we're doing? And I'm just ecstatic. I typically do this in my office, but it's gorgeous out today. It's kind of like the sun shine down. Um, not sure if it you know, makes my hair look more gray or not. <laughs> Uh, but here's what we're gonna do this morning. Uh, the the Bible, in many ways, were letters that they read uh, in the early church. And uh, the scripture I'm gonna be preaching on tomorrow is out of Colossians, um, and we are going to uh, uh, dive into some of the the practical teachings of Paul to the early church. He wrote this in the 50s uh, AD, which would be about 20 years after Christ's death and resurrection. Um, I like to consider Colossians the big brother of the book Ephesians, things that in Ephesians Paul seems to uh, dive in a little bit more. Of course, the the old adage is, you know, his parents would say, well, um, you know, the firstborn, we tried, the secondborn, we, you know, we we got it right, we got it better. (laughs) Any of those of you firstborns, I apologize. All those that are secondborns. You know, we know we're great. Um, but really it is. It's one of the earlier books that Paul wrote and has some great principles to guide by. And the books were originally written to be read out loud. So I hope you can stay with me and just listen to the reading of Colossians and where the wisdom of God speaks to us in our everyday lives. Okay? And I'm going to speak about this. I'm going to share this as it was intended, that it comes from Paul, but it's by an extension from Paul to all the disciples of Jesus Christ. So we're going to, we're going to read this, so to speak, in that first-person form, that even as we're reading a letter, we know it's for us, not just something that Paul is giving us as historical data, but something Paul is inspiring with us to be our practice of faith, to be imitators of what this letter is saying. So, so let's begin. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy of our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace be to all of you from God our Father. So we always give thanks, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love of you for all of God's people, the faith and the love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven, and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel, that which has already come to you. So in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you first heard it and truly understood it and received it as your own. So you've learned from Pastor Ryan or from other pastors and other church leaders, you've heard that our dear fellow servants 
who are faithful ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, have shared with you his love through the Spirit. So for this reason, since the day we heard about you and your circumstances, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives. Now you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And you may have great endurance and patience in troubled times giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He's rescued you from the dominion of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. You see, that kingdom, it has a king. The Son is the invisible, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones of power or rulers or authorities or all things, they've all been created through him and for him. He's before all things and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace throughout his blood shed on the cross. You see, once we were alienated from God, we were enemies in the mind because of our evil behavior. Our thoughts, our behavior separated us from God. But now he's reconciled us by Christ's physical body through the death to present you and me holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So if you continue your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, then this gospel that you heard, that we share, that we proclaim to every creature under heaven, of which I, Pastor Ryan, and others, we've become a servant. So now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you and with you. You see, I fill up in my flesh with what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. I become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullest. And that is the mystery that is kept hidden for all ages and generations, but is now disclosed to us, the Lord's people. You see, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, among the unbelievers, the pre-believers, the glorious riches of his mystery. That is Christ in you and me. That's the hope of glory. He's the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present with everyone what it means to be fully maturing believers in Jesus Christ. So to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ is powerfully working in me. May it also be working in you. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those throughout this region. For all who have not met me personally, or may not know me on a personal level. My goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that we may share the full riches, complete understanding, and know that we may know the mystery of God. Namely, that it's Jesus you should know personally more than anybody else. In him are all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. To tell you this, so that no one may deceive you by their fine-sounding arguments. I may not be with you every moment of every day, but I'm present with you in spirit and I delight to see how disciplined you are 
and what you believe about Jesus Christ. So then, listen for a minute. Just as you receive Christ, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. What we say is reaching up to God or reaching in to grow and reaching out to give. Let his roots grow so deep in you that they strengthen the faith in you, what you were once taught, that will then also overflow with thankfulness. Now see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies. Those things that are dependent on human tradition and the element of spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives. God is in Jesus in bodily form. And in Christ, you have now been brought into God's presence. Jesus is the head over all power and authority. He is the king of this kingdom, his kingdom. In him, you are also circumcised with a circumcision, not performed by human hands. Your, your whole self that is ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised in Christ. That you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all, all of our sins, canceled the charges of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it all away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities because he is no longer on the cross. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in the resurrection. So therefore, don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival. We know that there's a new moon celebration on the Sabbath day or when we decide Easter is going to be. But don't let anyone delight in false humility or the decisions of those ritualistic practices. It's a matter of the heart. When you gather, you gather as one body in Christ for whatever day, whatever time. Don't let anyone delight in false humility and tell you they follow these religious rituals for the wrong reasons. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they've seen and they're puffed up with idle notions of their unspiritual mind. They've lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ, the element spiritual forces of this world, why as though you still belong to the world? Do you submit to these rules? The simple rules would be, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, don't do things of the world. Well, these rules, which they have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based merely on human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, they have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. They lack any value of the spirit. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the earthly things below. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, your sexual immorality, impurity, lust, your evil desires, your greed, these are all forms of idolatry because you're putting them in front of Christ. And because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. But you, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, 
rid them of yourselves. These things, these, these deeper sins, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of Jesus Christ, your creator and your recreator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew. In this church, in this space, we are circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, male, female, of every race, of every nationality, to those that proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put yourself in a position of love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you're called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, through hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. I'd like to share a little bit of instruction on how to do this within your own families. Wives, respect your husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. And husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. Children of all ages, obey your parents. This is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, don't embitter your children or they'll become discouraged. Servants, obey your earthly bosses and everything. Do it not only when their eyes are on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord and not for an earthly boss. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward, it is Christ that you are ultimately serving in everything that you do. And anyone who does wrong will be repaid with their wrongs. So do as Christ would intend it. And if you're a boss, provide for your laborers with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a boss in heaven. Further, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us that God may open a door for our message as pastors, as leaders in the church to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and proclaim the mystery for which we all suffer. We suffer at the hands of those around us who do not believe. But we pray that we may proclaim it clearly all the same. And we might be wise in the way we act towards outsiders. And we would make the most of every opportunity. So let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now I want to tell you, friends of mine will tell you all that you need to know about me if you don't know me well enough already. I share as a pastor in this church with some wonderful, faithful ministers of the gospel, fellow servants. And I'm sending greetings from them to you as well, that you might know that we've been praying for you and hoping for you all the same. I share this with our board of deacons who pray for me, inspire me, who meet with me, and they're also praying for you. I offer this up, greetings from Greg, who's a prayer warrior who's embattled between what is of this world and of the next on your behalf. And for Carl, who is faithful and true, 
for Janet, who is willing and wise to serve and commit and give wisdom. For Brett, who is a steward of God's gifts. For Steve, who is the friend of sinners. And for Michael, who is fearless and calm under pressure. I truly believe that these are servants that have been given as gifts to this church. We share our greetings with you. Because we are one of you. They're all such people who are wrestling in prayer and also in life. But they stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. And I vouch for them. And they, although they're imperfect people, are working to the best of their abilities to love and to serve. So after this letter has been read to you, see that it's also something that you read with others. We continue to share its wisdom in our church and with our families. And I share this in the same spirit of Paul, who wrote this greeting in his own hand, remembering that he was in chains when he wrote it. And grace be with you. Be with us all. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. See you next time. And remember, God is building his kingdom through the lives of everyday people just like you.